blonde and a brunette walk into a bar, oh, I mean a room, to talk about Jesus, exploring God's word, tackling the topics no one likes talking about, and discussing biblical truths, dodging bad theology on the way. This is Her Theology. Hello, hello, welcome back. This is episode two of a series, Bad Theology Hurts People. Mm. And before I do a little quick recap, what have you learned this week? <laughs> do you want to intro? Cassie. Hello, Cassie. <laughs> Cassie and Kirst here with you. And her theology. And her theology. Yes, thank you. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. I'll tell you what I've learned because... Um, Sorry, guys. Cass and I, you know, we're obviously both pregnant. We said that last time. We're also both heavy in amidst the renovations of our houses. House. but like pretty much just do everything in life the exact same. same. (laughs) So basically, guys, did you know that gyp rock, the stuff that your walls is made out of, that you put paint on, is made, so sheets of your walls is what gyp rock is. Did you know it is made out of chalk, water, (laughs) and one other ingredient? Paper. Paper. I just, (laughs) I educated Kirsty. She did. Okay, we cheated that time. (laughs) She told me that chipwork is made out of. I know. That's what I'm saying. That is crazy because, like, that is the walls of our house is made up of chalk and paper and water. Have you ever lifted a sheet? Of Jiprock? I think I have. It is so heavy. Yeah. They are so, so heavy. I helped my husband install it um, with his father and, like, that was crazy hard work mm. because they're Well, no so wonder labourers, like, they literally are doing a physical workout yeah. all day. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's just crazy. Mm. But anyway, I thought it was interesting when I found out about yes, it. Yes, thank you for enlightening all I of us. I just think it's like giant pa- pissing to we you. Just, we actually just live in giant paper mache. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yes. <laughs> or spitballs. Oh. Well, let's hope they're not put together. Actually, if you want to know a fun fact about that, this mm. is something else I learned. Okay. This is not my point, but okay. um, my husband was telling me they're called plasterers because before they had gyprock, they'd have like bits of timber slats that were really, really close to each other, but there was a little bit of a plaster. gap. And they'd have to flick putty, the plaster putty it up, in. like flick it, and oh. then they'd get a whole heap up there and then they'd have to like smooth, smooth it, it all over. And then they'd use horse hair to like mesh it together, like go over it like a brush like and a like it would brush. make it sit together. Whoa. Yeah. I, like it's funny I'm mentioning that because when my husband told me in my head, I was like, oh, okay. Why are you really telling care? me this? <laughs> but I was like, that's eh, one of his fun facts he wants to tell yeah. me. That's fine. Well, there you go. I was now like, oh, really? But pass look. that information on. <laughs> yeah, which everyone else is probably like, why am I listening to this podcast? It says her theology and we're talking about plastering and jip rock. Well, my fun fact, I mean, other than the horse hair thing, because mm. that was today, but um, I also learned that bindi season is upon us. Well, it's not mm. out yet, but I didn't know. You know, you only got a tiny little window to get uh-huh. rid of those suckers. Mm-hmm. So I'm off to Bunnings this weekend to buy a bunch Isn't load. Isn't it too late? No, don't say that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm not really sure when you're supposed to do it, but I think it's already supposed to be done. But I could be wrong. So oh, you no. go well, ahead. I'm just going to burn my yard then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go Greek and just concrete everything. Okay, sure. <laughs> so my kids don't 
opinions. You go for it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so my thing. A paper mache house with a concrete yard. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be too late by the time people probably hear this episode. Yeah, true. So if you're hearing this, it's you've missed your window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Better luck next year, guys. <laughs> All right. Recap of last last ep. Um, so our big topic is bad theology hurts people. And last episode, we really kind of talked about well, we we thought about the Wesleyan quadrilateral, and that is that scripture is kind of our highest authority. And experience, reason, and tradition, which are three other ways that we get to know God, are things that can be tested against Scripture. And so we always need to be coming back to Scripture, which means that Jesus, you know, he wants us to be able to recognize his voice in John 10. We need to be able to recognize his voice and discern between his voice and false teachers, Mm -hmm. um, bad theology, this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so the only way we can do that is by going back to Scripture. And so last lesson, last lesson, sorry, teaching mode, last (laughs) episode, last podcast, um, we really, really pushed, really, you know, challenged both ourselves and our our listeners, you guys out there, to really be devoted Mm. to our own Bible reading um, and – not just to be devoted to our own Bible reading, but to be people who are dependable to be entrusted with the Bible and to actually pass it on. Yeah, and so being discipled but also discipling others in the Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So that's where we went last last episode. But tonight, today, whenever you're listening, (laughs) (laughs) um, Cass is going to actually take us through some the some, wise. Yeah, some wise. Why why does why do we need to worry about it? Why does bad theology hurt people? What happens when we you know yeah. are are exposed to it? Blah blah blah. And then she's gonna give us some actual examples. Yes. Yeah. So you just <clears throat> go for it, Cass. Yeah. You you go, girl. You go, Glenn Coco, you go. Um <laughs> anyone that hasn't seen Mean Girls, you won't understand that. Oh, I have seen it, but I did not remember. remember. Oh, there you go. Anyway, good. Another thing you've learned this week. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, why? So I'm aware um, we talked a lot last episode, like Kirst was just explaining, we, um, our tradition, our reason, our experience, if it's not held against scripture, then that's where bad theology creeps in because there's no absolute truth. Exactly. So we need to understand there's an absolute truth. God explains that is in his word. Now, Mm. obviously, there's not everything blatantly, you know, um, laid out in the Bible. Mm. So, But it gives us a framework. Yes. For the things that aren't black and white. It gives us a biblical framework to work those things out. Yes. And so um, I just wanted to address the why. Like, why are we saying bad theology hurts people and why are we warning people about bad theology? And I think at the real, like giving it a really good debate with my husband, to be really honest, I like to say I was pondering. I was pondering a lot and then I was like, I need to talk to someone about this. Mm. (laughs) So we've been talking for a while about this and we just kept coming back to the fact that when we have a, a bad theological view, so when we um, don't truly understand uh, what the Bible says on a certain topic or um, on who God is or whatever, we distort 
who God is himself. Mm-hmm. So we distort and we create a God that fits within the mould of our reason, our experience, our tradition mm-hmm. versus… We shape God to yes. fit what we want. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we distort God's character. Mm-hmm. We distort God's truth. Mm-hmm. We distort God's glory. We rob him of who he is mm-hmm. and what he deserves. And so that's why the sentence almost in and of itself, bad theology hurts people, is almost wrong in itself because it's talking about, again, us being hurt. But ultimately, the one that gets hurt in bad theology is God. His name Mm. gets tarnished. His glory is robbed from him. Mm. um, And people lose their zeal for him. You have people that hate Christianity because of it. Um, And Mm. so... I guess I just wanted to like address that's that's why it's so important that we can distinguish what is bad and when I say bad false false gospel false um, false teachings mm. um, and when we can um, understand as well when people are teaching false scripture so when they're taking verses out of context and using it and applying it to life and making it about you when actually say for example Isaiah. We just posted this week um, something from Isaiah. And that those promises were for Israel at that time. Mm. That's not to say we don't learn from that, mm. but that particular verse is often used out of context. And I'm like, we need to know where things stand in the Bible, how they sit there, what part of the narrative they are, um, and what the main messaging and theme was. So that way we don't take it out of context. We don't abuse that, say, or turn that into a promise that has to do with our everyday life. Mm. But rather we read it in the right way that gives God glory so that we can see how God delivered Israel, for example, which is an example for us on how God has delivered us from so much more. And it's not Mm. just about a nation being delivered from being held captive, but no, we now have the Messiah. This Mm. was just a a representation of what was to come. We have Mm. so much more because of that passage. And so... That just is a really good example of showing how um, when we have people that are taking the word of God and they're distorting it and making it fit what message they want to relay, it ends up becoming about you and how um, that suits and shapes your life Mm. versus actually how God ordained that passage to be and mean. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Can I offer a resource here? Yes, go for gold. The only thing is... That I might have got the name wrong because I'm just. <laughs> so I can we'll link, Google it. We'll link it in the ep- episode notes. Okay. Yeah, Cass, if you could Google "According to Plan" by Vaughan Roberts, let's just double check that that's the. Um, anyway, the that book or whatever it is actually called is super duper helpful mm-hmm. because it lays out. God's Big Picture. God's Big Picture by Vaughan Roberts. It, yep. It's a Bible overview, which is, which does exactly that. So it has a short chapter. It's got diagrams. And then it's got a little Bible study after each chapter okay. to help you understand how does the Bible fit together as one book. Awesome. It is super helpful for exactly what you were talking about. And can I just say off the back of last episode, if you are somebody who struggles to read the Bible and you don't, you've never – understood how it does fit together you will never read the bible the same way once you do yes i can vouch for that some of that stuff get into that it's called god's big picture by vaughan roberts you can order it off kurong or you know online somewhere do it 
and it's really I, good. And I mentioned in the last episode Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word, I'll mention it again, similar sort of thing. She does, probably doesn't go as in-depth on that, which sounds like this is more directing exactly the messaging of the Bible and how to read it and everything. But she also addresses that and how that slots into our daily Bible reading. So these resources are so vital. They do really, really transform helpful. the way you write, read the Bible. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for them. Yeah. yeah. And also to clarify, I can test it and go, no, this stuff is good because it actually gives God the glory and it makes you read the Word of God in entirety. And I don't think that could ever be a misleading mm. um, resource in yeah. a sense. So yeah. anyway, so um, I guess when we're talking again about bad or poor theology, um, I guess the question is within a good way to discern whether what you are listening to or receiving um, or accepting as a theological view or potentially just your faith in general, the teaching that you're receiving, is it starting with you? Is it making the focus you all the time or is it starting with God? And so I think the issue we have at the moment is that there is a lot of false teaching out there. And like you were saying before, like the New Age has infiltrated the church an awful lot across all denominations, not any mm. like yeah. maybe some more than others, but across the whole lot. Mm. And you've got to understand a big part of the New Age movement is that it's about me. So I have the power to change. Mm. I just need to think positive. I need to speak it into existence. Blah, blah, blah. So you can see how those messages have slowly come mm. into the church. Now, they are bad theology. That's, that's bad theology. That's bad news when you start hearing that sort of stuff, being in Christianese. And the reason why is because it is not starting with God. When we have, when we start with God, when we understand God not just as a loving, peaceful, merciful God but we understand the full character and body of God so we understand that he is jealous for his glory Mm. that he will come with judgment and it will be fierce Mm. when we can come and we can read books of the Bible like Isaiah that I mentioned before Revelation even Genesis Job you know any Mm. of these books we can come to the Bible and we can read these books and start to tremble in fear of the God that we serve, the God that we worship. That's a great starting point because then we're getting a full figure, rounded picture of who <laughs> God is. Picture of who mm. God is, which will then shape and form and transform the way we think and approach everything in scripture and how we teach other people and how we receive teaching from other people because we're in a right standing with God. We're seeing him as above us, that he is the source of all. He sustains us in all. Mm. He teaches us and disciples us in all. And so then um, we, we can give him the right glory, but then we can also understand who we are Mm. And how we are meant to act. And God isn't just like my little magic genie, genie that I can yeah, <laughs> make to be what I want to be and ask him for the things that I want. He's my lucky charm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's another really good thing. Like if you're not sure what you're listening to, what like what is the teacher that you're under or pastor you're under or people you listen to a lot, whoever, um, are they teaching you to be reliable on yourself? Like are they, are they teaching you to go back to scripture all the time and test all things, including mm. their own teaching? Mm. Um, 
And are they telling you that you go to God when you've got problems, but other than that, keep on going with life? Like there's that genie in the bottle a- approach, isn't mm. it? Like yeah, only come to God when you've got a problem. Imagine mm. if you did that in marriage. <laughs> well, it's not going to be you a very miss good a lot marriage. of joy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Like there's not – yeah. So um, – yeah, so I just that was my why. I, I mean, I can't really think of anything else. I mean, there's probably well, 101 you, other things, you, but you, like you, you talked about how it kind of it, it drags God's name. Bad theology hurts God because it, it drags Jesus' name through the dirt. Mm. Um, bad theology hurts people in that people end up spiritually dead from bad theology. Yes. Um, and and I guess that's that's a why that's that's a reason why. So it drags Jesus' name through the dead to the through the dirt, and it also can make people spiritually unhealthy or spiritually dead, which is why it's important to make sure that you don't have bad theology. Yes, a hundred percent. And so I wanted to share. I think. Um, not I think. No, I definitely am going to share. <laughs> I don't know. Like. I said think. I'm thinking. And sometimes Short when podcast, I'm thinking, okay, see guys. I say think. <laughs> um, so I'm talking about all the whys and everything and, and we're crapping on about bad theology, poor theology, whatever else. But the thing is, I'm not giving you some tangible um, examples. So I'm going to share the three main things that I have main theological views that I have come out of mm. um, that I can see were so incredibly damaging and hurtful mm-hmm. to my to my to myself mm-hmm. to my relationship with God most importantly mm-hmm. and really affected my faith and I think an element of that did result in me wandering for quite a while but also I'm um, really struggling for the first four ish years of like being a real real Christian I don't know <laughs> Right to say, but like, really, um, assurance. Yeah, assurance. Yes, mm. yeah, really affected me, and I was fully depressed at times about it. Like, because mm. I was just like, how can I be a Christian so confused and so burdened? So, mm. um, and I, I just want to really clarify. I, I, I don't at all think that every. I sorry, I believe that every single one of us will teach something falsely throughout our life. Mm. We will. Mm. I know there are things right now that I probably believe in and I'm going to scripture and I still get it wrong. So yeah. I'm not saying we've got all the right answers. I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I'm not saying that every single person out there that um, say you're a preacher of a average-sized church and um, you're getting a few sermons a bit off, 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 you know, off, what's the word? <laughs> off. off direction, like yeah. off off biblical truths here and there like it's just a little bit here and there i don't think that's an intentional thing i don't i don't think there's i don't think everyone that's maybe not got things right biblically is trying to intentionally hurt people that's not what i'm saying i think there is definitely people out there that are abusing the word of god and trying to make money off it which we talked about in the previous episode Mm. briefly mentioned it um but i just want to clarify i don't think um coming out of it that everyone had a bad Intention going Intention, in. yes, yes. So me coming out of these Which experiences doesn't, doesn't mean everyone I came under or whatever necessarily taught it and it also doesn't mean necessarily that if I was I learnt it from those people that they intended for me to be 
hurt. Yes. It just it just shows though how everything needs to be tested against scripture. And it shows how again like that verse in James like how the importance of leaders and leaders taking their role so seriously and being people who James two and three. Like I mean one Timothy, two Timothy Titus, like what we were talking about last last episode. Mm. Testing like them them holding you know, leaders holding to sound doctrine. So really a leader should really be holding to sound doctrine. And not be scared to encourage their congregation to, to test. do the same. Yes. Just like Paul did. Test what Just like Paul did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's a really good sign that you're under really good leadership. Yeah. When your pastor or your leaders, your Bible study leaders, whoever it is, is like, no, no, go, like is discipling you and encouraging you to go test things. Yes. And even especially more that's great. when, more so when they go, I think I might have got this wrong. Yeah. And then I want you to go research. Yeah, yeah. Or like whatever, you know, yeah. like coming back and going, oh, hold on. Like, I think maybe, I, you know, whatever. Like yeah. what you were saying before. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So um, the three big areas that I would say are bad theology that I came out of that were really hurtful. One was a first one um, in no particular order. Um, well, I guess kind of ends up being in order. Anyway, wh- the first one is a gross misunderstanding and abuse of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> very much believed and again, like I said, not unintent not intentionally, but I uh some of the churches we went to went through went to, sorry, um in the very early days, but also a lot of the teaching I listened to outside of that willingly. Um, was very like emotionally led and that the Holy Spirit, I mean, you listen to a lot of the worship songs right now, like Holy Spirit enter this place, let us you know, feel your presence, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so it just creates this whole theological view that the Holy Spirit is only ever at work in your life when you're having an emotional connection mm. and when you're feeling this crazy, insane presence. Mm. Um, and I very much treated the Holy Spirit as a genie in the bottle. Mm. Uh and my faith relied on me having those emotional connections in order for it to be real. So kind of like if you go back to the Wesleyan quadrilateral, you were very much about experience. Yes. Yeah. And emotional. Emotional, emotional sensational. That's, yeah. that's what fed it and, yeah. and grew it. Um, and we talk a lot about that in our Reformed Charismatic Episode. episode so if you're interested in more on that sort of stuff i actually talk really mm. in detail about what that looked like and what the bible has to say about that mm. um and like i said um it's been a really beautiful process because again like i said most people don't know <laughs> it's not it's not it's not intentional it's just yeah that little bit just eating away anyway subtle yeah very subtle um the second one for me was prosperity gospel and that wasn't the prosperity gospel as in uh, the wealth aspect for me, but it was more like the health and prosperity and my faith, so the name it and claim it aspect of prosperity mm-hmm. gospel. So if you're not familiar with prosperity gospel, I feel like most people would be listening to this, but if you're not, there is a, a massive false gospel. It, I want to be very clear on this and call it out. It is a false gospel that God, being a Christian, you are promised prosperity wealth health that is just so not biblical in any way shape or form Mm. i mean jesus says pick up your cross and follow me you will be persecuted you know blessed are the meek blessed are the Mm. (laughs) poor blessed are the poor in spirit like like there is literally 
countless verses where you can prove that this is a false gospel. But I definitely fell into the trap of thinking every time I got sick, I'm like, oh, it's because I'm not having faith. Mm. So I'm not being healed. Or um, I would do the name it, put the I'd be like, yeah, I'm believing for that. It's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Now, I have no problem with saying I pray now for healing and I'm like, Jesus, I fully believe you can heal mm. 100%. But I also can balance in the same hand, you know, I believe you're going to use all things for your good. And I believe I live in a broken world. Mm. And part of that sin that is surrounding me and in my life, there is consequences for that. Mm. And and we just live in a broken world. So sickness, we all have to die of something, for example. Mm. So like the reality is um, just because I get sick or something bad happens to me, it's got nothing to do with me not having enough faith. Mm. It's actually got to do with, you know, sometimes I'm going to learn a lesson through it. Sometimes it's just life. Sometimes mm. it's the enemy. Sometimes it's not. Like, mm. you know, there's a variety of reasons why things are happening and it's not actually about me. Yeah. And I think holding that, that, that was good. Like that you hold those things in tension, all of those things. Yes. Yes. I They're not helpful. always one thing. They're, there's a variety of things going on and we're not going to always know. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I guess the third one, which is probably the most important, which kind of brings the other two into it is this whole works theology. So, you know, I've always viewed my salvation as a choice and I can now see coming out of the other side realizing that when I believe that my salvation was a choice purely by me, then my salvation is purely on me to be the best Christian I can be and to be the good Christian and to tick all the boxes and when mm-hmm. I don't, then I'm not a Christian. I, I don't have assurance of salvation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so, and so you can see how this whole concept of like, yeah, we have a choice, for God, God doesn't force love. It sounds nice. Like it sounds okay. But when you actually start looking at the crux of it, we, when, when it's reliant on us and our choice and our will, then we are going to get it wrong. And we can never be a good enough Christian to the standard that God upholds on Jesus Christ. He was perfect and without Mm. sin. He is the only one that deserves to be in heaven. Like the only Mm. one. We will never hold up to that. My goodness, that is a burden to bear. Mm. You know, whenever I didn't read my Bible, whenever I didn't pray, whenever I would fall back into repetitive sin, whatever, Mm. I would just be so condemned. I would walk around with shame and guilt. I would feel so heavy and so burdened because I was like, I am not a Christian anymore. And I would pray that prayer of salvation over and over and over again. I'd be mm. so scared of death. If I died in a car crash, am I saved? Mm. Constantly. That, that is a very bad theology. Mm. That is a very hurtful. That destroys your faith. That absolutely mm. kills it. That means for the rest of your life, you'll be striving in the worst way possible. Now, I'm not saying... So now, now that I know I am saved by grace, Mm. so by a gift from God through the power of the Holy Spirit, he opened my eyes to reveal and understand the truth of what Jesus did, right? And I truly believe it's a gift. You cannot believe in Jesus Christ and the truth unless you have been given the Holy Spirit Mm. to open your eyes. The Holy Spirit's the one that reveals truth to you. And so for me, for that to happen and to then no longer... um, I fully understood grace then and I stood under that and I realized, okay, now my salvation, when I do something wrong or when I don't read read enough or pray enough or whatever, 
that doesn't change the work that Jesus did on the cross for me. That's right. Mm. And that doesn't change my poor actions don't change the way that God sees Jesus. Oh, the Father sees the Son, sorry. And it doesn't change the way God sees me because he sees me in light of what Jesus did. And it's mm. all hanging on Jesus, everything, everything. Jesus gets the glory. So when I'm really crap <laughs> in my Christian faith, God still gets the glory because I'm like, wow, I am so thankful for you. Mm. And when things are going really great, God still gets all the glory because I'm like, it is because of you that I'm able to do all this stuff. So mm. it, that was an incredibly freeing point for me and so they were the three things which kind of all came under that third banner of like it is not my works my faith is not relying on my works and I have never felt more assured in my faith I've never felt more mature in my faith Mm. Um, I've never felt more in love with the word of God I've never had such deep truths and revelations in the word of God since I've grasped and walked away from those hurtful theology Mm. um, theological views um, or false teaching. And so um, they're just some tangible things and I think they're fairly heavy, weighty things that a lot of us would probably mm. face in some way, shape or yep. form. Um, and I'm not saying, like I said, I don't have the answers for everything, but they're the three points that I know now, okay, I have a much better, well-rounded, more beautiful view of the work of the Holy Spirit and I don't limit him to just experience because mm. that's not, like that's a minuscule amount of what he does actually. Mm. <laughs> yes, he can definitely um, – you can definitely feel his presence and he can definitely overwhelm you and all this sort of stuff and reveal himself but there's so much more that he does mm. and we need to give him glory for that. Mm. And then it's that whole grace on Jesus Christ and knowing that in this life we're going to face really hard things. Prosperity gospel is a load of crap and <laughs> – <laughs> you can be set free from that, you know, and actually work through trials and, and and hard times in your life and still give God glory and rejoice in it because it's not relying on your faith. Mm. And that's a really beautiful thing. So um, and the reason why I'm, I'm emphasizing all this is because before I um, walked out of all those, well, Jesus really pulled me out of mm. those false doctrines, mm. I found it very hard to uh, defend my faith and what I believed in. I got so confused. Well, you were confused yourself. Yes, yes. And I didn't – and because I would pick and – I would cherry pick the Bible. So I would go, oh, I'd do the whole um, – I don't know what to read. So I'd pray and hopefully it flicks over to a random door yeah. um, page and I would just read that page. Mm. And I'm not – look, I'm not saying our faith journey is void of that. I <laughs> – I definitely have had moments where that's really happened and God has spoken profoundly in those moments. Mm. But I know now my approach is very different and it's mm. very much mature and deepened and it's it's substantiated now and I don't waver on it, mm. you know, and I don't – I have that assurance again, mm. like we're saying. So um, I'm always very cautious to use the word heresy because I know we're talking about bad theology – I don't know how you feel about it. I kind of like looked up the word heresy mm. and it's just the meaning is like to go, to go against doctrine of the Christian orthodox. And I was like, okay, so then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of so-called heresy out of there. And I was like, it, people literally call – I've had people very, very close to me say I believe in heresy because I believe in grace through Christ alone. What, 
as opposed to works. Yes, to free will, to 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 choice, free will and choice. Yeah. Right. So yes, because a lot of people would believe or do believe that if love is forced, it's not a choice. Then it's not a then it's not a choice. So then that means right. God is evil, for sure, example. Sure. So like so so yeah. So then um, I even had this conversation with someone, literally a friend the other day, um, and they were saying something similar and they were like, well, that's, you know, that can't be true. And almost like (laughs) their struggle within themselves and because that theology is wrong and so easily dismantled, they start Mm -hmm. to call my view a a heresy because they don't know how to defend their Their own own view. Mm. Yeah, and so that's why I actually veer from the side. Uh, I'm really hesitant to call much heresy other than blatant gospel, mm. like, mm. errors. It's a big issue. Yes, because I'm like, it's very, I just feel like that that word is just thrown around so much at the moment. Mm. So, um, I have a question for you. Because mm. obviously, like we've talked about this before, we come from very different backgrounds. Do you think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you think one of the biggest changes has been the way that you have viewed and used scripture. Oh yes, definitely. When I started, when I started, okay, a big change for me was when I started reading books in entirety. Mm-hmm. So like Romans, I'd only ever cherry picked. And wow, can, I can just like, I'm just thinking about <laughs> cherry picking Romans compared to actually reading Romans. Yeah. So when you, if that's you a read- completely different outcome. But if you were to read Romans 1 to 8 and nothing else, you can get a very different answer. Like, then if you read all of Romans, you're like, Mm. oh, wait a second. (laughs) Like, it's like an essay laying out, you know, Mm. everything. Like, you have to read it in entirety. And I think for me it changed when I started reading books of the Bible in entirety and journaling as I'm going. Yes, I love that. I do that that when I read my Bible. I don't remember. And I do that because I I learn by rote. So for me, if I don't write it down, I won't remember it. And I even still, I probably... (laughs) I remember a large part of it, but um, but it does help go into your brain more. <laughs> yes, and and I know for other people it's like drawing, yeah, or or saying it out loud yeah. or hearing it yeah. audibly, yeah. So whatever works for you, you need to figure it out. But yeah. that was life changing. I have a friend, Kathy. Hello, hello out there. I know you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, and she always like does art art stuff. And I okay. used to like when we were at the same church together. We used to go in, she'd have like a blackboard up on the wall and it would have some verse that she'd illustrated, you know. So, yeah, so there That's is awesome. different, yeah. different ways to yeah. like getting it in your brain. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, there's an actually a really good Instagram account called My Journey with Jesus mm. and she, she like illustrates, illustrates and writes. Yes. And makes these amazing pictures. Yeah, and I think it's really good and it's actually really helpful if you're getting not sure how to kind of – journal or study that's a really good starting point looking at her account and going oh that's how she pulls apart scripture like yeah. it's actually really i find it helpful. quite good yeah. and um helpful yep mm. so anyway i think do you have any i think that covers most of it can i just say on that this is like a really <laughs> really side note using a blank journal as in a non-lined journal mm. i think is really helpful yep. when you're doing quiet times because it Except means for if you're left-handed why did you go slanty? Oh, like next level. Are you left-handed? Yes. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, all you right-handed <laughs> people out there, 
Anyway, moving on. We'll, I'll start selling a left-handed non-line Blank. journal. <laughs> that doesn't even not make sense. Okay, whatever. Um, okay, so I just really, really quickly, I'm actually going to read out just Matthew 7 and touch on a few points because I actually find this is just a really good thing and then we'll wrap it up. So um, Matthew 7, 13 onwards. Enter, this is what Jesus is saying, okay? Jesus. Enter, <laughs> so glad I clarified. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And so, um, do you know what you have found? You have found the way to life in the Word of God. You need to follow it, but it's not going to be easy. And actually there's going to be a lot of people, mm. they're going to take it and they're going to spread it a little bit further and they're going to go out on, off the path, off the beaten track and they're going to go and they're going to go figure it out for themselves and distort it to be what they want it to believe. Mm. Um, and I was like, I just always think of that, um, that we actually have been given something that leads to life. That's huge. We should be cherishing that. Mm. Verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are, inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad, bad fruit. Bad, oh, can't speak. bad fruit, I'm sorry, guys. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. This is another really good practical oh thing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. Let me, let me finish. finish that and okay. then I just need practical. to say this. This is a really good practical and this is something I always go back to. If I'm listening to a teacher or if I'm filling my brain with a certain theological view, what fruit is it producing? So, for example, uh, you could think of an example. <laughs> Um, end times. Am I watching all these prophetic videos? Am I spending 20 – I think I mentioned this in the yeah. last episode. Am I watching 20 hours of prophetic videos and then um, getting excited to share the gospel because I believe Jesus is returning and I'm getting stuck into the word and I'm passionate? Then awesome, whatever. Like that's that's pushing you towards the word of God. It's pushing you to share the, the gospel of truth. But is it making you angry? Is it filling you with fear? Is it filling people around you and yourself full of confusion? then that's not a good sign. Mm. So it's just it's just testing what you're hearing. Is it confusing? Is it putting fear? Is it putting more anxiety? That's not what the Word of God does. Yeah. So that's just a good base point. I keep going. What's your point? I was just going to say, this morning I read 1 Corinthians 3 and it's Paul talking about, um, he says like, he's saying to them, guys, don't worry about who, you're saying I follow Apollo, Polis, you're saying you follow me. He's like, don't worry about that. We're all builders and we're building on the foundation of Christ. Mm. And some of us will build with like gold, some of us with silver, yes. some of us with hay, some of us with stones and some of us with wood or whatever. And then he's like, on the last day, it'll go through a fire and what is not good will be burnt away. Yes. And I was like, yes. oh, when you just read that, I was just like, that is that because and, and these are the you know these are the things that are you know being taught and 
and they will not last if they are not, you know, that fruit will not last if it is not real fruit. That's exactly right. It'll wither and die. And so it's just a really good practical thing. Yeah. And Jesus literally gave us a practical thing. Where's the fruit? He gives us lots of practical things, but well, yeah. Yeah, I know he does it a few times, but like <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a few other there's also Matthew twelve, thirty three to thirty seven and Matthew thirteen, eighteen onwards, that um Jesus is also like warning us about um false teachers and the fruit and you'll be able to see and he's calling like the Pharisees and everything, like, like a brood of vipers and everything. And it's 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 really full on language. Like it's we should take it very seriously mm. and we should be scared. <laughs> we should be scared and falling for it. Anyway, so back to Matthew. Seven, now we're up to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is straight away after he is saying, you will be aware of false prophets. You will know them by their fruit. And he's also just before that, said the narrow gate <laughs> is the way that leads to life. So we need to understand he's giving a message across here. He's like, there will be people that say they know me, mm-hmm. that preach me, that say they believe in the gospel, and they don't. Yeah. And so how are we going to discern that? Because I'm telling you right now, if I see someone prophesying and casting out demons and doing many mighty works – I would be pretty sure that they are, right? Mm. Because it can sound good, it can look good, but it doesn't mean it is good. Because Mm. again... And this comes back to what we talked about last podcast, John 10. My sheep recognise my voice. Yes. And how do we know his voice? We know the word word of God, the Bible. Mm. No one can see, but I'm pointing a lot. Yes, she is pointing (laughs) a lot. <laughs> okay, so again, he Jesus is really pushing the point that we can know good doctrine by the fruit in ourselves and those preaching, but also by not by testing all things against his word. And then verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain Mm. fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Exactly what you were just talking about in 1 Corinthians 3, did you say it was? Mm. What are we building the foundation of what we believe in? Are we building it on the the Bible and scripture and truth of it? Or are we building it on what sounds good to us and what those people that we're idolizing? Because let's all admit it, guys, we all fall into the trap. <sighs> Christian celebrityism is a big thing now. We all have we all become followers of people. I do as well. Like I have guys I listen to a lot. Um, and we need to keep on remembering. We need to test all things and we need to make sure what we believe in is not because, I don't know, Tim Keller or John Piper believe it. It's because I can, mm. I've read the word of God and that's where I landed on. Okay. So, um, and yeah, 2 Timothy 4, 3 to 4 is a great one. I think you mentioned it before. For the time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine, mm. but with itching ears they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So mm. they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. This is really scary. Like this is exactly confirming what Jesus warns us in Matthew 17. 
They're gonna people are gonna accept a theology that's easy. They're gonna go on the path that leads to destruction because it's an easier path. Mm. And we need to be so aware and switched on. And the only way we can do that, I can emphasize this, not the only way. The most important way is through the scripture and then I think also to complement that is having fellowship with other believers that also hold the authority of scripture and disciple you and and also are being discipled themselves. Mm. Like it's such a community and fellowship is so important because if you are not surrounded by other Christians that are solid, you are not going to know if what you're doing is right what you're what you're reading and how you're reading and what you're believing is correct because we edify one another mm. and if you don't think that you should be in community <laughs> she just put her hand on her hip yeah let me just say jesus did not need any community he's god himself and he still surrounded himself with 12 very close individuals and discipled them so do not think that anyone is beyond community everyone needs community and you need to be part of a church I know you've been hurt, some of you, and I know some of you have trauma. I get it. It's real, but you need to work through it because it is so important you're in a church so that you don't get sucked into poor theology mm. and you can start edifying and growing one another. Yeah. Anyway, that's my thing. So the Great Commission, we are all familiar with it. I'm going to end up on this. The disciples are sent out. They need to go share the gospel. We all know Matthew 28. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Mm. So it's not just for you to go share out the gospel. You are then to disciple people, teaching them to observe all that God has commanded. Mm. And how do we know what God has commanded us? Go to Scripture. The Bible. <laughs> no, I've repeated it. We've, we have repeated it. Well, that's the Should only we answer. Should we count how many times we repeat it in the last <laughs> in these two episodes? Oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. Would it? Okay. I don't know if I want to listen no. back intently, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I might if I have enough energy. But anyway, that's all my points. So I hope that makes sense to everyone. Just practically going back to the word, but also you know being community. And I have been there. I've been in some bad theology. They hurt. They suck. In fact. They're draining, they're a burden. And I just want you to know you can be free of a lot of that. Mm. But it is going to take discipline and it's going to take vulnerability and it's going to take accountability. Mm. And it might be hurty getting out of those situations as oh, well. Yeah, it hurts. As you and you lose friends. Yeah. And family. Move on and, yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's re- it is actually really full on. You lose family yeah. um, and friends. So, yeah, you need mm. to be prepared for that. But God is worth it worth it yeah. jesus is worth it and if you are in that situation reach out to cass because she's gone through it so oh yeah if you want totally. some, if you want support in that or you think you might be experiencing a bad theology then write into us and let's yeah. work it out together yeah mm. and we'll learn as well yeah definitely but we'd love to speak to you so yeah. yeah anyway i had actually planned for this episode for 20 minutes so i'm only um 20 <laughs> that is what we do <laughs> But it has been really good. Thank you Hopefully for being vulnerable and um, and sharing kind of your journey with us. And look, if you are someone who, um, yeah, is thinking about some of the things that you're being taught and you've, you've kind of been a bit challenged by these last two podcasts, we'd love to hear from you. 
or speak to a trusted, solid Christian mm. friend. Um, start praying, start working it out, and um, get into the Bible. My challenge to all of you is to go away and read one, two, Timothy. And Titus, mm-hmm. pay attention to where it's talking about sound doctrine because mm. it's a lot. Um, guys, girls, go away and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us yes. on. Like us on Instagram. We better be I mean, on iTunes like us on by Instagram. now. <laughs> follow, us on, follow us on Instagram and Facebook um, so that you get our updates, you know, when things are being released. And also just for that, um, you know, little devos, good to have Bible you know, helpful to have Bible verses popping up yeah. throughout your, your your feeds and all of that. So anyway, guys, we will chat to you soon. Love you all. Have a good week. <laughs>